<laughs> no, if it's going to happen, it has to come from the ground up. And so that's another possibility. And the other possibility is that the whole system will just collapse and the, nobody will know what the heck is going on. And of course, then we have to worry about some other foreign agents or country like China just come up and say, oh, hey, let's see what we can pick up, what's left over there, you know, and kill everybody that's uh, trying to defend their property or their Bitcoin or their gold or their silver or their food supply. And so that's not a good scenario either. I don't really know. Mr. G. Edward Griffin. Edward, how are you doing? Thanks so much for <laughs> taking your time. It's really great honor and pleasure to have you back because it's actually been 20 years for, you know, for this interview I've been waiting for. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Well, thank you. I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure to be with you. What time is it in your zone? It's right uh, now it's 8 a.m. Uh, Central European okay. time. And usually, I mean, I'm very early because of our daughter and mm -hmm. <laughs> nine months old. So we have to get mm -hmm. up early anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so Edward, well, it, it's, uh, it's, it's 11. It's 11 p.m. here. And that's about the middle of my work day. So yeah, I heard <laughs> it. I heard that already that you're up pretty late. So yes, it's you know, <laughs> yes. a good coincidence. <laughs> yes. Okay. So Edward, um, mm -hmm. your book, uh, The Creature of Jekyll Island, had a, uh, as I, you know, I, I bought that like more than 20 years ago, probably uh, mm -hmm. around 20 years ago. It's in German version because I couldn't get my hands on the English original version at that time. And it had mm -hmm. a really strong and profound impact, influence and wake up, uh, it, sort of an enlightenment wake up call for me which you know sent me into a really deep rabbit hole and into a deeper profound understanding comprehension of the bigger picture of the uh, power structures without you know all you know there's this terminology which people really love to debunk all kinds of you know facts when it comes to facts uh, you know the the so-called conspiracy theory i don't know you know where this term was coined and defined but you know there's a it's a it's a rabbit hole by itself with it was the cio fbi but um, it sent me into a deep rabbit hole. Um, you know, there's really just a few books that had a really profound, but one, of, one, one was yours when it comes to money, uh, to central banking, and the other one was Carol Quickly, Tragedy and Hope, whom you also describe or elaborate on in your book, Tragedy and Hope. What I wanna first maybe just start off and get your view um, is, could you, for my listeners and, and or viewers, um, Maybe from your perspective, um, what is the bigger picture when it comes to central banking structure and not only like the U.S. Federal Reserve System, which is, um, I know you elaborated in your book, it uh, could be also not be described as like as, as, a, like as the, the appearance of like a, a private, like a fully private entity. It might be some sort of a hybrid entity, but um, like, I mean, in connection interwoven with all the end other central banks and the so-called central bank of all central banks, which is the Bank of International Settlements. Like what I want to understand, and because um, I went deep into this rabbit hole, how, how is it that, that um, pri private, uh, uh, totally private entities have total legal immunity? This was this, like, like, totally baffled me all the time. The members of the Bank of International Settlements, I know that for sure, have total like civil criminal liability. It's like an entity within an entity with a bigger entity. So I'm gonna just shut up and uh, yeah, and uh, uh, really looking forward to this talk. Thank you so much. Okay, yeah, that is uh, 
the key phrase there, I think, in uh, what you were saying is the bigger picture. Uh, if we want to really understand what's going on in the world today, I think we have to uh, focus our eyes beyond what's on the surface. You know, so a lot of a lot of uh, phrases are they talk about the going down the rabbit hole, for example, as a way of describing that. And I think it's pretty good because we know that when we start looking past what's on the surface and look beyond, it's quite often it seems very strange because it's so contrary to what we've been taught and literally taught in our school systems and then also taught by uh, the media and also taught by our, our uh, friends because we all you know we, we have this herd instinct we like to all move at one time and think the same things and all of that and it, we're taught by the entertainment industry all of these things which are uh, quite quite unreal they're, they're illusions and uh, I like to think of it in terms of taking the red pill and seeing life the way it really is, getting rid of your illusions. So having said all of that as a sort of a framework, yes, we, and we focus now on this thing called banking, it may come as a surprise, as it did to me, that when we talk about banking today, we're not really talking about what most people think in terms of banking. When, when I first got into this, I when somebody would say a bank, I thought of my bank down at the corner, you know, where you walk in and you can put your money in and, and they guard it for you and then they they maybe lend some of it out and it's all on the up and up and they have guards there and you think, golly, if there's any any honest group of people in the world, it's bankers, you know, and, and they're always looking out for crooks and robbers and things and, and there are laws that protect the banks and everything. It must be a wonderful, uh, very ethical institution <laughs> and then I discovered that oh it's just the opposite of what I thought it was I think that there are two institutions that I used to have such great respect for that I recognize now are probably the greatest criminal organizations or uh, institutions in the world banking is one of them and the pharmaceutical industry is the other one <laughs> and uh, but it, I didn't always understand that so if we want to look at the big picture we have to look at the things that would lead a person like me to to have such a radical view and the only thing that you can you can point to that would do that is to stop looking at the images and look at the facts and look at the the uh, in, into the rabbit hole, in other words, go down and look at the details. Now, okay, so what are we look, talking about here? When I became interested in producing a film back in the day, I was going to—I thought I was going to produce a, a documentary film on the source of inflation. And I, I knew that inflation was a mysterious thing. I knew that it wasn't what most people thought. Most people were pointing the fingers at each other. They say, well, it's the farmers that are responsible for rising food prices because they get, they get too much for their, their products. And the farmers are saying, no, no, it's not us. It's the, it's the distributors who buy our product at dirt cheap prices and we have no choice over it. And they make all the money. And they say, no, it's not us. It's the truckers and the distributors that take our stuff and take it to the grocery stores. It's, it's those people. No, no, it's the grocery stores that make all the money, you know. And then, then no, the grocery stores, that's not, that's the unions that force us to pay these higher wages. And I knew that there was something wrong with that picture, but I didn't know for sure what it was. 
Well, I found out eventually because any such study takes you to the engine of inflation, which is the Federal Reserve System. And when I say the engine, I mean if you understand the mechanism by which money is created in the world today, uh, it's different from the way it used to be a hundred years ago. Uh, good money, sound money, uh, was always something which was an asset, something tangible that had value in addition to being money. Now it could be wheat, it could be, in the old days it was even cattle, uh, it was something you could use. Um, in modern times, more modern times, it became bullion, it became silver and gold. And the reason this was a good deal is because it takes human effort to produce those things. And so what you're exchanging in this term, in this form of money, is something that's scarce and has value in of itself, and you're exchanging it for services or products which have value in of themselves. And in a free market, uh, it all works out so that the value is fair and it's very stable over long periods of time. So now, when you get to this banking idea, uh, central banking in particular, as they like to call it, uh, now you're dealing with a group of people who have, uh, they're not really interested in your deposits so much, <laughs> they're interested in being given the legal right to create money literally out of nothing, and then pump that into the economy in the form of loans. So it's not quite accurate to say it's money out of nothing, it's even worse than that, it's money out of debt. And so most people don't realize, and I certainly did not realize it until I got into the research for this documentary film, which never happened, by the way. It finally led me to the book instead. But uh, I, I realized that um, uh, it, they, every, every dollar or every yen or every mark, whatever form of currency in the world there is that exists today, comes into being at the point in which it is created by the banks in exchange for your debt. You say, I promise to pay you back. If you give me, say, $5,000, I will pay that money back to you. And I would never dream that they didn't have the money to start off with. But in fact, they do not. But they take your agreement to pay back, your loan agreement, your debt agreement, and they use that as they call that an asset, you know. And then they can create money just by typing on a computer and put $5,000 in your banking account, and you thought, well, gee, how great it is. They gave me some money that they had. They're lending it to me. What we don't realize is that this is a scam. They didn't give you anything. It's your money, in a sense. They converted your asset. You, you put up collateral for your, say, I'll put up my house, and you can, if I don't pay you back, you can take my house or my car or my TV set. So you put up real tangible things. They put up ink or computer strokes, and if you don't pay them back, they get your goodies, and they have no risk in the game at all. It's an amazing scam when you get into it, but it's all protected by this aura of great dignity and conservatism and caution and so forth. And it's, so it, it's a mind blower when you finally get into it. And so when we talk about banking, we're not really talking about banking, we're talking about a criminal activity. We're talking about a group of people who have had such success in bribing and convincing in other ways, perhaps blackmailing congressmen and senators and representatives in all countries, major countries of the world, to give them the legal right to create money out of debt. And this is the beginning of the end for just about everything that we cherish, because when you, when you give a group of private bankers, they call themselves bankers, 
but they're they're really they're monetary scientists, you know, and they call themselves bankers. But if you give them the power to create money out of nothing, literally, or debt, and at any amount, and they can use anything as a, as an asset for it, uh, they're going to eventually have so much power to create money that they can buy up politicians and they can buy up industries and they can become over a period of a couple of generations they can become the absolute rulers of any nation in the world including the most powerful including the United States including Great Britain France Germany and so forth and this is exactly what has happened the power of being able to create money out of nothing or out of debt has over time shifted the the power balance from the point where in the beginning it was the governments that were governing or controlling the banks and regulating the banks and now if you really look at it with your eyes open it's the banks that are controlling the governments because they are the ones that make it possible for politicians to get into office and they are the ones that make it possible to create the money that the politicians need to keep in office. In other words, there's no limit to the amount of money that can now be created. So this perhaps is not where you wanted me to go, but that's the big picture as I see it, is that we're not really talking about banking. We're talking about a power grab. We're talking about a, a, a grand scheme that has gone over several generations. It's not just within one generation. It was started and conceived a hundred years ago, more two hundred years ago, actually, and it's coming to fruition now, almost to the to the final point, where they will have achieved absolute control over every human being in the world, and they've they've done it primarily through the monetary system, because that seeps into every aspect of our lives, not only into politics but into commerce, into healthcare, into religion. It, it goes everywhere. It's it's the glue that holds everything together, and if they control the glue, they control everything. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for this. Yeah, really bigger picture. You know, um, I, I'm not sure whether I saw this caricature or cartoon or whatever you call it uh, in your book or somewhere else. It's this, you know, the Federal Reserve or let's just call it central banking structures with all its tentacles. Edward. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, Eisenhower warned us about the military industrial complex. When we're talking about like multinational corporations, the, you know, the huge like multi trillion or tens of, I don't know, maybe even hundreds of trillions petrodollar industry, the pharmaceutical in, uh, industry. I mean, there is no allegiance, first of all, because I think there's this notion or this deceptive notion that there's this allegiance to a flag or to country or to, or let, let alone, let, not to mention the ethos, ethical principles. And, you know, the, the terminology national security has been so raped and abused. And um, so, yeah, that's exactly where I wanted to go with this. Like uh, once, you know, it's the root of, of all this manipulation, the systemic fraud, systemic theft, systemic corruption. It goes so deep and, and there is no separation of powers. I mean, it's just an appearance that has been created. I mean, there is no legislative, judicial, executive, like real in independent judicial. Where's the judicial system when we're talking about, you know, all these tyran uh, tyrannical things going on, the fascism going on right now with all the, you know, what mandatory or vaccination. I mean, we can go down into every rabbit hole we can think of or what we are observing. So like now, Okay, let's talk about the solution, Edward. I mean, um, you talked, you know, with Alex Svetsky. I'm not sure with how much you t how much time or resource or energy you have had, you know, to somehow 
learn a little bit about Bitcoin you know, because uh, um, I mean, I'm totally convinced that Bitcoin because of its absolute incorruptibility, because it is really an open global network, decentralized, unconfiscatable with its absolute scarcity. Um, and no one controls it. Everyone controls it. Actually, you can control it. Uh, I can control it with my own node. Uh, you know, um, with sort of self-verification. Do not, do not uh, trust, but verify. Sort of according to this principle. What is? What would you say is, f from your perspective, what what could be if we want to like resolve the, all these symptoms, all these tentacles, uh, this. You know these criminal enterprises that has been you know that has co-opted everything you know uh, d d every sector every field um how would you go about that um is is bitcoin for you the solution to this whole madness okay there are a lot of elements to that issue uh okay let's just let's start with bitcoin itself i think it's a by the way, I have to admit or confess openly that I am far from what you would call an expert on, on Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies or all of that. Uh, but I am a student of it, and uh, I think I understand. I think I understand the basics, which are the important thing. Now, if you ask me to uh, do some Bitcoin transactions and move some uh, convert into Ethereum and what's going to happen on the market tomorrow and all that, uh, I, I'm just out of that part of the picture. But I do understand. I think the the principles. And by the way, I do own some Bitcoin. I do own some Ethereum and so forth. Now, I'll talk about that in a moment as to why. Well, let's talk about that right now. Why do I own those? It's, it's not because I anticipate that they're ever going to be used in commerce as an exchange, as for money. It's because, like everybody else, I think that their value is going to go up. And if I have some spare money and savings, and, and uh, I certainly don't want to keep it in dollars, because the value of dollars is going down by the minute. Uh, so if you have any surplus at all, why would you want to do that? You want to put it into something that's going to uh, grow in value and not just disappear or be confiscated. And so it, you, naturally you look at, at cryptocurrencies and digital currencies as that solution. So most people that are into uh, cryptocurrencies today talk about what you said about the, the beauty of, uh, of um, security and privacy that we have in crypto currencies, but that's not why they're in it today. They're in it today to make some money and because you can't really use them yet as a currency. So that's not a reason for going into it today, unless you just want to say, I'm going to invest and wait for it all to happen. But even so, it's because you're, we all anticipate making some, some cool cash out of this growth and get in at the ground floor, so to speak. Nothing wrong with that. But now, looking ahead to the end point where could any of these currencies be used as uh, real commerce, used in commerce as a currency? And now this gets this gets a little murky because uh, our our opinion as to whether it should be that way is not too important. The question is, will it be that way? And in order to understand that, I think we need to look at our the people who are promoting these things on the other side. Look at our opponents and see what they think. Now, once we do that, the picture changes a lot because we know that uh, the central banks and the governments of the world for a long, long time, probably for a hundred years, have had as their long-range objective, their wild dream, is a cashless society. 
They do not like money in circulation. They want all commercial transactions, all monetary transactions, commercial or private, they want them to go through central control, central hands. And so they've never been able to solve that until the idea of digital money has come along. Now, I, I make a distinction between digital money and crypto money. The cryptocurrencies are perhaps improperly named because uh, there's not an awful lot of mystery or, or uh, con concealment there. Crypto means secret. Well, uh, most of the cryptocurrencies are not secret at all. Every transaction is out there in the blockchain chain. You can see every transaction, every detail, everything except the identities of the people who are making the transaction. And so you think, well, I'm secure, but that's a false, I think it's a false security because uh, now we have this thing called artificial intelligence. And even before that, we have supercomputers. And the data that's being collected for artificial intelligence programs is just absolutely incredibly large. There, we have data on so many transactions. Every every time we buy a stick of chewing gum, if we use our credit card, there's a, there's a beep beep, a, a little note has been made somewhere. And now with the supercomputers and, and, auto and uh, artificial intelligence, whenever we make a transaction, even if our name is not attached to it, the systems can look at that and a couple others like it. And within about a millionth of a second, they know exactly who we are because we, ha we leave behind us a trail of transactions our entire life. And oh, this fits this pattern, and ha, huh, we know who this person is. And you don't have to have the name, you can do it that way. People don't realize that. It's just as easy, or e perhaps even easier, uh, to do it through uh, authentication of patterns than through signatures. So the idea of having this kind of security and privacy is, is a little bit um, of an illusion, I think. But beyond that, we see that all of the governments and the banks now in the world for at least as long as I've been aware of this, at least 10 years, have been spending a lot of time and money developing their own, uh, you know, central bank cryptocurrencies, uh, CBCDs. And uh, why is that? Well, because uh, we've all heard the expression, the, you know, the Great Reset and all of that. What does that mean? Well, part of that Great Reset means the conversion of our all of our national currencies, all monies, uh, be converted into a central bank digital currency and every single significant transaction for the things that we need to live like food and shelter buy gasoline transportation telephone bills all those things are going to be done through uh, central bank cryptocurrencies and um, yeah bitcoin will probably be out there because it's it's kind of a they refer to it as a um, that like the gold of uh, it's the gold part of the of the Bitcoin or the crypto world, um, but you can't deal, you can't use it for transactions because it's too slow, and uh, all of the side chains will be used for that, and the side chains even will be finally gobbled up by the central bank cryptocurrencies. So we'll not we won't have dollars. We won't even have credit cards. We'll just have some kind of a card or a chip in our hand or something, and we'll have units. We'll have units. It'll be like social credit units like, the, like the, the Chinese now have. And the units will not have monetary value in the sense that um, uh, you know, we earn it through the, the labor 
that we uh, put in. We don't sell products for any anymore for dollar value. It, it we get social credits for how good we are. Are we obeying our masters? And it's it'll be more like a. Uh, I'm talking about where it's headed, not where it is. But this is where. We know it's headed because they say that's what they want. We're headed to a point, if we don't turn this around, where it's like living in a huge military encampment. We're all in the military, and we're all taken care of. We have food and shelter and health care and everything. And, uh, and if we have rank, if we're a general, we have a limousine, we have servants. But if we're you know, middle management, we have uh, maybe we're a colonel or a major, we live very nice. We get down lower, we're a sergeant, not too bad. And then finally, we're a buck private or a corporal. Well, we're just living in the barracks and getting along. And everything is fine. We have everything we want, uh, except if we speak out of line or we say we don't like what's going on, we don't have anything. They just cut us off like that. And we're out in the streets begging for food and shelter. This is the kind of control that they want. And they're going to use, they're going to use digital money to do that. So it, it, all of a sudden, it's not that dream come true. It's, it's a pathway to tyranny. And I don't know whether they, the ones that who are planning this have always all along had this thought that they would use a digital currencies or not, but I don't think it makes much difference. They sure have the idea now. So I think if we're going to be, uh, know what to do and talk about true solutions, we have to know what our enemy has in plan, in mind for us, what they're planning. Because if we're, if we're building our solutions on fantasies, it's not going to work. And I think it's a fantasy to think that the cryptocurrencies are going to save us. We're going to have to do something other than that. Now, I think cryptocurrencies, by the way, will be very valuable if we live in a free society where we don't have tyrants trying to put all of these transactions through a central bank uh, and you know, have total control of our, of our accounts. Now, if we had the freedom to have private accounts, of course, that would be something else. Now, the argument I know against that is that, well, we still have the freedom to use uh, private uh, cryptos. Uh, you know, among friends, we can have a local community and exchange food and all that kind of thing. And I think that's probably true and that'll probably exist for a long time. And it would help a lot to be involved in one of those private uh, current uh, or coins and that kind of thing. But it's not the solution for, for the nation or for the world, and it's not the solution forever. If we're looking for a real solution and not just trying to hide, you know, we've got to have something better than that. Yeah, um, Edward. I know it takes some time and energy, you know. To uh, and I remember you. You had the, the, um, the a few minutes, I think, at that time uh, in your talk with Alex Vetsky on the Wake Up Podcast. Call. I mean, he tried, I think, to give you sort of a, a comprehensive, like, or brief overview, like, what is the essence of Bitcoin? And when you talk about, like, I mean, we are called, you know, for no re for, for good reason, toxic Bitcoin maximalists, because a lot of us, or many of us, have, go have been going through this what we call shitcoinery and uh, you know what you call maybe cryptocurrencies or altcoins or what we call shitcoins is that um, we finally you know there's some there's once you go into this rabbit hole you understand the core principles the core characteristics of bitcoin which is it's true the bitcoin is the only hard or hardest money actually with true decentralized nature with true distributed systems and with true absolute scarcity and by the way you can already use it not only as a store of value as you you know you own the private key keys to your but uh, but I also you can use it uh, through the second layer the lightning network as a medium of exchange already so 
within the last 12, 13 years since the pseudonymous Satoshi Nakamoto uh, created or you know put everything the, the dots together, uh, it has been an unbelievable uh, you know rapid development uh, in the you know in the uh, in the scaling in the uh, in the development of you know practical uh, tools would it be hardware wallets uh, software wallets mobile wallets you can already right now download you know any kind of you know uh, self custodial self sovereign uh, mobile wallet and you can you can just send it back and forth with 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 nearly like zero zero transaction fees so i just wanted maybe to clarify this for you and i'm sure you will go down this rabbit hole uh, and that would be great because, you know, I know you cover a lot of, uh, which I really love, because that's why I love your work, because you go into so many different fields. You have talks and interviews and, you know, you're, you're president of the Red Pill Expo, of the Red Pill University, Red, Red Pill Expo, and so many other, you know, publishing um, um, enterprises. Um, and, you know, you bring truth and facts to the surface. And I think it would be really great if we can just exponentially multiply this network effect uh, when it comes to comprehending why Bitcoin. And, and I think once we detach ourselves from this centralized, uh, you know, super centralized, super, you know, uh, megalomaniac criminal system, which is the monetary, you know, central banking fiat system, then, you know, uh, we are self-sovereign finally. And we can eventually, you know, uh, Bitcoin will not only be a store of value exchange, but unit of account and global reserve asset. I mean, just look at El Salvador, which has, you know, since September 7th, uh, 2021 has made Bitcoin legal tender. And this dominant effect will will accelerate in the in the uh, weeks, months and years and definitely decades ahead of us. So I think once, uh, you know, we don't even need 100 percent adoption rate. We're eight billion people. Um, and there are so many people out there, you know, who, who are much smarter than me. They, they say, you know, all we need is a remnant, like three, five, maybe maximum 10% of the earth population using adopting Bitcoin. And that's it. That's all what we need. Then uh, I think there, there will come this, this tipping point where, you know, with, if you look back into the, all these technologies, it's, it's been like an exponential curvature. And I think with Bitcoin, I mean, after 12, 13 years, I mean, just look where we are right now. It's, it's incredible. Uh, what, what's your take on that, on the exponential uh, evolution? I certainly understand what you're talking about, and I, I would like to have as much uh, faith in that as you do. And, uh, and and I'm not just trying to be a you know throw a wet blanket on all this, but I I'm just saying that there are our enemy is very very powerful, and he he uh, he I guess well it probably is a better name, uh, has seen all of this in for a long long time and they're not the enemy is not just going to sit there and let it happen and there are many things that we if we stop and think in terms of what we do and what we want to do and think in terms of what what they're going to do or could do for example for example let's just swing a swing for a moment to uh, this covid theater i think more and more people are realizing now that there's a lot of bunk going on there and uh, and that's a rabbit hole in itself and um, I think that the enemy has hoped that the whole world would buckle under with the fright, the fear of a COVID uh, or some kind of a mysterious virus that no one's ever seen and they've never isolated it and all that. But nevertheless, you don't have to see it and, and isolate it in order to scare everybody to death that it's there. You know, it's like the boogeyman under the bed. 
you, you can't see him, but you know he's there, right? Uh, so I, th I think that they thought that uh, they could probably wrap this whole thing up. People would be so frightened by uh, the pandemic that they would do anything and everything they were told to do in order to be saved from that. And it seemed like that's how it started out, and there's still a lot of people in that mode. But increasingly, we see more and more people waking up to the fact, wait a minute, there's something really wrong with this picture. And there's a quite, a, quite a strong pushback. So now, if we put ourselves in the position of the enemy, uh, what, would, what would we do? We're not going to sit there and let that happen. I don't know, maybe you haven't noticed, but uh, increasingly... Um, We've, we've been getting a lot of news that mainstream media, which normally has never reported on the dangers of um, EMP or the dangers of a CME, a, a corona mass ejection, a super, a mega solar flare. They've never reported on that. That was ridiculous. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody said, okay, let's talk about that. Almost every week I see an, another article about the dangers of a super uh, solar flare knocking out all the power grid. I'm afraid that the, our enemy has said, okay, I think it's time to hit him with another crisis. What better one than just pretend like there's a, an EMP and all the power grids go down? I mean, if they throw the switch, we wouldn't know if there was an MP that did it. Uh, there might be three or four people that know that it was really done on purpose. Or for that matter, maybe they're, you know, let's face it, it's, the CMEs are real phenomena. Uh, a super uh, corona mass ejection from the sun uh, would knock out most of the power grids in, in the world. And we get those on average about 100, every 150 years. And it's been 153 years, I believe, now since the last one. So statistically, we're ready for another one. It could be that they're counting on just the mother nature to take care of this. Now, I bring this up because if I were on the other side, if, if we didn't have a real corona mass ejection, I think I would plan one, I would fake one, and turn off all the uh, power grids. Now that would cause hell on earth. I mean, it would take after about three or four or five weeks, I mean, the population would probably be reduced by half. And uh, the computers are not working, except for the elite. I mean, they, they would have their own power systems. And cryptocurrencies are not working. And of course, dollars aren't working either. Nothing is working. but. Uh, the people that have gold and silver will be able to barter even under those conditions. So I keep, you know, I keep thinking of a worst case scenario and, and I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's uh, stupid to do that. I yeah. think we have to, we plan for the worst and hope for the best and work for the best. But uh, I think that our, our enemy is planning on something like that in which case the power goes out now where are we with our cryptos? Yeah, this I'm totally with you, um, Edward. I mean, um, it's if we look back into the history, that, you know, it's facts. Is creating artificially created uh, events or false flag attacks, even up to, I don't know, it, I, you know, it's very funny that recently or pretty recently they've been started talking about UFOs and, you know, what mm -hmm. kind of risk and dangers. I mean, it's very mm -hmm. interesting that the national security apparatus, the, whatever that is, the Department of Defense, Pentagon, started talking about UFOs as if it's something new. I mean, whether it's you know, reversal engineered, you know, UFOs, blah, blah, or really like advanced 
te technologies which have been compartmentalized, uh, sort of secretly developed in the last 50, 70 years. I mean, if we uh, listen to Kat and Austin Fitz, whom are also, um, I'm not sure whether you had you had her on, uh, but uh, it's been like, you know, trillions and trillions, tens of trillions siphoned off uh, uh, into the military industrial complex, which, you know, again, this is, um, and that's, I um, really appreciate that you address all these topics because um, this is something that's really concerns me. I always put myself into the shoes of the enemy um, and they have, I mean, total control over this military industrial corporate technological complex. I mean, just look Boston Dynamics, who I'm just, just you know, cutely displaying all these robots and now mounting, you know, machine guns on those robots. And Jeff Booth, whom I would love you to, you know, to have a talk with, he's uh, one of the, also one of the authors who had a lasting impact on me, which is, I think, uh, the, uh, called The Price of Tomorrow, Why Deflation is the Key to an Abundant Future. I would love to have you a talk with him because he's always, he also says the technology that they're display, displaying cutely is actually decades or, or already. So they can use this technology, they can use the knowledge, they can use the advanced, uh, you know, um, military, industrial, technological advancements against humanity or create, you know, an event. Um, and that would be nothing new. When it comes to Bitcoin, by the way, uh, there is, you know, again, after 12, 13 years, it's incredible what kind of developments there are. You don't need necessarily the internet. We can already, you can already do Bitcoin transactions via, you know, let's say independent satellite connections or even radio mesh network without going into all these te technicalities, which I'm not an expert on, but I talk to a lot of these experts on my show. So uh, there are possibilities, you know, to sort of, um, isolate from ourselves from these technical issues um, but you know again thanks so much for addressing these really uh, realistic assessments you know of what yes I think we, we have to look at all sides of it and by the way in spite of everything I've said I'm, I'm quite a fan I'm, I'm an enthusiastic fan of cryptocurrencies <laughs> because I think someday we're gonna come out the other side and in, in a true free society, I think they would they would serve all of the wonderful functions that we want them to serve. But we, we have to we can't forget that we're living in an era right now where we are not free, and it's like we're in a prison talking about how that we we need better food. Well, we can talk about we need better food all we want, but we're prisoners. And the, the warden and the guards are thinking, oh, okay, it's time to go back in your cell now. I'm glad you had your nice little talk about the food. <laughs> you know, they don't care because they, they've got it locked up. But the time is coming where that won't be the case. And uh, I think that the, yeah, the cryptocurrencies are just a magnificent concept. And, um, and I'm all for them. And as I said, I, I've even got, I, I've tried to diversify a little bit. I, I, I'm a great fan, of course, as you already figured out, in, uh, in bullion. Uh, because that's there, it's you can you can hold it and you can give it to somebody face to face, and it's uh, if of course they can steal it from you and all that. There's no riskless investment anymore, but uh, in in a better world, I think the cryptos would be just a a wonderful thing, and uh, so I'm all I'm a crypto fan really. Definitely, uh, Edward is when we when you know I always say time is of the essence. Um, how fast do you think, I mean, do we have like a, 
a problem with the time, with the pace of time, you know, how things are going on the, you know, on the other end and on our end, like, do we have, are we under time pressure? Do you think if this, we need to, I mean, this is, because, you know, we are parents and a lot of us, you know, Bitcoiners who are, you know, who have children, I'm, I'm definitely, we are definitely going to homeschool our daughter and this, your book is definitely going to be a mandatory, not mandatory, but like an inspirational book for, for our child, for our daughter, and I'm sure, you know, for many others. Um, and I think we need to start with the children, with the kids. Um, where else, you know, because uh, this is, you know, my one and only concern is like, when what kind of world is she going to grow up in uh, with, you know? Um, so what do you think is the, like the pace of, um, of acceleration, or I don't know what to call it, like, how fast do you think we need to hurry up to, you know, uh, to free ourselves, to liberate ourselves, to, to f create new well, structures? I, I don't really know how much time we have, but all I know is that we we need to have full throttle. Whatever whatever speed and power we have, it's got to be full, because we don't have a lot of time. And again, if, if we if we observe what our enemy thinks, they think it's they think it'll be all wrapped up with a big bow by 2030. That's the date they have put on it, and uh, and that's why I think they're going full bore right now because they they're running for the finish line and and if they can get the social credit system fully operational in all of the world they they will have it locked up and, and from that point if they succeed in that the only the only salvation will come from the inside it'll have to be defectors and people who are fed up with it on the inside there'll be no way for anybody on the outside to do it but um, you know i think in terms of like Yuri Bezmenov, uh, the Soviet KGB agent that I uh, interviewed. Um, think about that man. He was born into luxury in the Soviet system. His father was a Soviet general in the revolution. His family was uh, the elite. They had, you know, a chauffeur. They had a fine home, and and everybody else was in under communism. Or supposed to be equal was never equal under these systems, and he was given a fine job in the KGB. He traveled around the world. He had a, a fine uh, position in India. He fell in love with the, the the Indian culture and everything. He learned how to speak Indian, and 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 he defected at great risk to his life because. There was something in inside inside him. He couldn't take it. He couldn't stand the injustices. He couldn't stand the the pain and the agony that he he saw that the system was causing on the on humanity, and his his human instinct just came to the surface. So even though we may we might see this whole thing seem to be wrapped up uh, and with no escape, I, I, as long as humans are human. I think it, it cannot stand because from the very core of it, the children of these people will will wake up someday and say, "Hey, I don't want this a anymore," and uh, it'll fall apart. That, by the way, is one of the reasons I think that they're working so fast with chemistry to change the human nature. They 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 know what I've just said is true, but if they can change it in the next decade or so, then maybe they can lock it down forever because they're dealing basically with people who have been dehumanized, and they we won't we will have lost our humanity completely. So, back to your question, we're running out of time really to make this happen, and I don't don't know exactly how we're going to turn it around, but I do know that the first step, whatever it is, the first step is to create a vast awakening on the part of far more people 
then now see the full picture, the big picture, as you call it. We have to we have to wake up our slumbering brothers and sisters, and then once we have that that turning point, that tipping point of about maybe fifteen percent of the population, then it's over because you can't stop it at that point. I don't know what how it'll what path it'll take, but I know that if we can get fifteen percent of the population who really understand what's going on and we're willing to sacrifice uh, their pleasures and their their wealth and, and dedicate their lives to liberty and freedom and honesty and truth, it'll happen. I don't know how, but I know it will happen. So I'm not too worried over the fact that I can't see every step into the future because there'll be surprises along the way. There'll be defections along the way. Somebody will show up and say, well, I was on the inside and I can't take it anymore. And now I'm on your side. So that we, don't, we can't see those things. And uh, so I just focus on what I can do step by step, trying to spread the word, spread the alarm, and, and wake people up. And that, I think, is the most important thing we can do right now. Beautifully said, uh, Edward. Uh, in the beginning, you mentioned, you know, also the educational system, uh, mass media. So, what's really shocking or sad to us, um, to my girlfriend, also, you know, is that, and I, we talk not only from our experience, but we're talking with other people, or friends, or uh, who who are sort of aligned, you know, with our comprehension and knowledge. Um, it's it's pretty shocking and sad that there is obviously and there are experts you know t having testified on this like uh, <laughs> the humanity a large substantial portion of the hum of, of people uh, are sort of a, under mass hypnosis or mass psychosis I don't know what mm -hmm. it is it's you know it starts off with the educational system the brainwashing indoctrination dogmatization the mass media and then the fear of you know instilling fear into the people so of course you know people have not learned to question anything this is something you know where we look back into my school system very conservative school system uh and 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 you know sort of elite schools and all that but you don't learn to question anything and you know and so we have lost you know a bunch of friends now and i talk to other people too they they share their they share the same experience with this the family the friends getting double jabbed without questioning anything i mean what's in it what's the long-term consequences first of all it's unconstitutional it's beyond unconstitutional it's criminal there where's the nuremberg trial actually i mean there's there are things going on right now and i know you know everything is not black and white and as you said there are insiders and i'm sure there there will be many more whistleblowers there are people within even the government, the military industrial complex, the bureaucracy, the even you know the corporations who want to come out, but maybe a lot of them are still you know because they are so dependent on the system, they can't come out and you know and uh, because you know of fearing uh, you know risking their lives, the families or whatever or their job or their existence. So um, I, I do have hope. I, I, ha I'm, I have the conviction that more and more people will come out and eventually we will reach this tipping point with this 5, 10 to 15 percent of the Earth's population. Well, yes, I think it's inevitable. I, maybe not inevitable, but I, I really I don't think I'm just trying to pump a little sunshine out there when I say that because we've seen we've seen similar scenarios in history maybe not quite so psychologically dominated as it is today the technology today really changes the the story considerably but we've seen we've seen uh, uprisings against tyranny uh, and make surprising turns so I don't think you know you can when I think of the American Revolution for example you know the colonists had lost that war, and 
and uh, the night before the crossing of the Delaware, remember, George Washington was turned to his men. It was a ragtag group. They were practically out of ammunition. They had their their food supply was low. They were even running out of fuel to burn fires. They were living in this in the snow. You know, it was the winter time, and they were cold and no food. And it, it happened that on. New Year's Day, their, the enlistment date would expire for most of those men, and they were getting ready to go home to their families and friends. They, oh, well, we lost this war, we'll go home and, and see what happens now. And Washington goes out and says, men, I want you to follow me one more day. One more day, will you do that? And of course, he had great charisma, and, and they knew that he was courageous. He was always in the front lines. He wasn't one of those generals in the back lines sending, sending messages. He was there, right facing the enemy. And they said, yes, General, we'll go. So they crossed in the middle of the night, and it was Christmas. I mean, New Year's Eve. Oh, Christmas Eve, come to think. It was, it was right at the Christmas holiday, and all the Hessians and the, and the few British that were there were drunk. They had been celebrating, you know, there was a, it's holidays, and they won the war, and boom, they cannon fires down the street. These guys go pulling out of their beds, putting their pants on, running into the woods, and it was a, it was a complete sweep, and that war was turned around and by a ragtag army that had no chance of winning at all. And these things happen often in history. So maybe it won't be with a cannon being fired down the street this time, but something will be fired down the street that's unexpected. And so I have great confidence that uh, something like that, or may maybe many events like that, lie in our future if we just uh, make it happen, if we are open to it and, and do our best and not just go back and say, oh, well, it's all over, we can't do anything. It, we won't win unless we try to win. So that's where I come from. Let's try see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, Edward, uh, when we say um, we have this meme in the Bitcoin space, Bitcoin community, that Bitcoin fixes everything, but we are realistic. We know that uh, Bitcoin will definitely make things a little bit more frictionless. I mean, there will be maybe, you know, partially chaos or civil war or some kind of friction. And uh, but we, we hope that it will be a smooth transition. I think the key is transition into a new era, into a new you know, evolutionary civilization with, uh, you know, abundance, prosperity for everyone. That's why, you know, Bitcoin is a deflationary money with absolute scarcity and all the, uh, you know, perfect monetary characteristics and properties and decentralized nature and, and, and everything else. It's just uh, uh, I'm, I and many so, many so many others are convinced we will transition, we will help transition into this, uh, you know, new uh, era or civilization. So uh, what is your perspective? I mean, in the next uh, years uh, to come, uh, how will this, let's say, from a, in a, from a sunshine perspective, like how will this transition, do you think? Well, as I said before, I don't really know. I, I don't know because it's uh, it's going to require an awakening and an alignment of forces that we can't imagine right now. I do know that uh, we have two ways to go if we have to change the system, and it's either going to be well, maybe three ways to go. Uh, one would be that there's conflict and you know, violence in the streets, civil war, uh, conflict of arms, you know. In which case, I, I can't think of anything worse because most people don't realize the the power of the weapons that are in the hands of our enemy. I mean, electronic weapons, laser weapons, chemical weapons, uh, you know, 
the drones and so forth. Now you have dogs with machine guns mounted on them, robot dogs, and you know, or or two-legged robots showing up with with rifles in their hands and and no no fear and you know that kind of thing. They have no idea what kind of weapons are in the hands of our enemy. So I hope it doesn't come to that. But we could try to take over the system uh, through the what's left of the legal system. In fact, we're trying to do that at Red Pill University. We're building campuses in every county in the United States. These would be boots on the ground. We've had great initial success in securing the, the best sheriff that's available in an area, uh, cleaning up the Board of Supervisors, getting all of the out of the collectivists out of there, the fascists, the Nazis out of there, and then the commies out of there, and replace them with real Americans. Uh, the, the city council, uh, board of education, you know, we're making progress. Now, that's the, that might take longer than we have, but that's one of the possibilities that we can reform from the inside out instead of always trying to start at the top. Well, just get a man in the White House. If we can just elect one man, people think, that'll take care of everything. That's absurd, you know? <laughs> no, if it's going to happen, it has to come from the ground up. And so that's another possibility. And the other possibility is that the whole system will just collapse and the, nobody will know what the heck is going on. And of course, then we have to worry about some other foreign agents or country like China just come up and say, oh, hey, let's see what we can pick up, what's left over there, you know, and kill everybody that's uh, trying to defend their property or their Bitcoin or their gold or their silver or their food supply. And so that's not a good scenario either. I don't really know. None of it really looks good. Uh, I wish I could give you a very a positive scenario. So what if we just do this, everything will, you know, if we can just, if we can just uh, elect the Libertarian Party or something like that, no, it's not that simple. It has to be built from the ground up. And even if it's just uh, building little freedom cells or Red Pill University um, campuses of local groups of people that come together and know each other and protect each other, uh, who knows? But I think once we get our focus away from what we do at the top and start thinking in terms of how we reestablish a foundation for liberty at the bottom, that is the best way to go. And we'll learn as we go. Yeah, thank you for addressing that because um, I almost forgot that the local sort of back to the roots, like localized, you know, organizational re back to regionalization, back to the, you know, core roots. We want to, you know, maybe start, uh, you know, breeding whatever uh, chickens or, you know, having chickens and then cows and, and because we, we, we can do that, you know, where we live. And um, and I think it's important, yeah, that we f form or create smaller groups who, you know, who uh, uh, help one another and, 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 and build up like these little tiny structures. And um, and what another thing, uh, just for the as a final note, uh, you know, what I find a little bit, maybe you find it also obvious. It's a lot, lot of things that are going on. It's like in our face right now. You know, when we talk about the World Economic Forum of, you know, Klaus Schwab and his program, where a lot of politicians went through. By the way, you know, even you know the the ex chancellor of of Austria, Sebastian Kurz, or you know other presidents, prime ministers, they all went through the same graduate. And when you when we I listened, you know, to Ernst Wolf or other, you know, Richard Werner, who I also respect a lot, um, because he's been in that program. And once he started critic, uh, started asking critical questions, they kicked him out. So it's <laughs> really a fa uh, fascinating how they, you know, 
uh, you can read the documents, you can read the agenda, you know, you own nothing and be happy, and, you know, all these uh, slogans, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's mind boggling. So do you find it like obvious too, that uh, obviously they're, they're already so in the open, it's so under pressure that they're, you know, we do it in your face sort of. Yeah, that that is the beauty of it because now now we don't have to worry about uh, people looking at us and saying you're crazy. I mean, some will still do that, of course, but that's always been my biggest problem because I started a long time ago, back in 1960, and of course, when you think back to those days, everything was rosy, everything was good, growth was wonderful, uh, everybody had money, there were there was no tyranny to speak of. I had, local police that just you could trust they would take the kids to school and guard them you know everything was good so you say you know you got to worry about look at that storm cloud over there you know if we don't change things we're going to lose our freedoms they look at you and say what are you talking about man you know well now you don't have to do that because the storm cloud is directly overhead and the lightning bolts are coming right down on her, <laughs> to us so now they say yeah 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 we um, we know what you're talking about what are we going to do about it so that's the good part of it it's our opportunity it's our moment it's our time in the sun to, to seize the opportunity while it's here. It won't be here for a long time, but it's here now. So let's go and take advantage of it. Well, that was, um, Edward, that was a fascinating conversation I've had and I really enjoyed this. Um, are there any other, you know, information or anything that we left out or we should have, we should have been em uh, emphasized oh, mentioned? I know, I think we covered it. We, if we didn't make everybody mad at us by now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the point of going any further, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. This is, this is hard information for most people to consider because uh, it's uncomfortable. And of course, deep down, I think most people know it's true, which makes it even more uncomfortable. But anyway, no, I can't think of anything more except that um, uh, we have a big event coming up. It's called the Red Pill Expo. And of course, we don't expect anybody or many people from across the pond, as they say, to come to see our event, which is on November uh, 6th and 7th in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, but we do have a, a very modestly priced live stream and you can see everything that goes on there in the comfort of your home. And we'll be talking about some of the issues that we've talking about today, but instead of me uh, talking about things that I know a little bit about, we'll have a whole uh, a brigade full of real experts in their fields that really know what they're talking about. And we'll be, we'll be covering COVID, of course, and the theater there, but we'll also be talking about other things as well. The monetary system, we'll be talking about how you can form little, uh, in America, we have some laws that allow for the creation of what they call um, private membership associations, where under the uh, Constitution, we have the right to create a private club, so to speak, and we're completely above uh, the laws of the state or the federal government, so long as we're not committing murder or something like that, you know? But the rules and regulations, like, you know, how many people you have to employ, how, do you have to distance six feet, do you have to wear a mask, you know, all of the stuff, that all these rules and regulations that infect our lives, that's all locked out with private membership associations. Oh, that's great. It's sort yeah. of a free, because we have this concept, there's this concept, I, I, there was a friend of ours who was here, uh, who, is, who is works for the pre, free private cities, creating free private cities, self-sovereign free private cities or citadels, you can also call them. So it's really mm -hmm. great that there are these structures you can create for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, you know, it's super important, I think, that people know there are resources, there are sources like, you know, you and your experts, insiders, whistleblowers, all these renowned uh, people that, that want to bring out the truth and the facts and uh, and it's available and people, I think, should mm -hmm. support this, you know, yes. as much as possible, you know. Yes. And of course, we, you'll see if, if you go onto the website, which is uh, redpillexpo.org. Yeah, put them in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. You can see all the speakers, and of course, one is David Martin comes to mind. Oh, I love this guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he'll be talking about his one of his favorite topics, which is the patents on COVID. Yeah. It's a, it's a shocker to realize that the disease was patented. Exactly. Years before it ever years appeared. Before, yeah, 20 years Not, or something, I don't know, or yeah. at least, yeah. Just think about that. The COVID was patented, and the same people that patented it, patented the vaccines so yeah. here you got a group of people that are creating a disease and making money on you know testing it for it. and then they invent the cure for the disease and they make a huge amount of money yeah, that was in treating really, it like intriguing and shocking to me when yeah. i heard first it, yeah. i heard it for the first time on the and, and then not only that but they know that the vaccines are going to cause a lot of illnesses and death of illnesses so they they invent other vaccines and other medications to treat the side effects of the vaccines yeah. so they they hit you three times and all of this is proven in the patents that David Martin has been able to unearth. And so forth. We have a lady, as a, she's a doctor, an MD, but as a child, at five years of age, she was sold by her parents to the CIA. Her parents were CIA agents, mm -hmm. and she was sold into the MK Ultra program, mind control, and that yeah. kind of thing. And she'll be talking about that. So it's not just all one topic. There's exactly. so many so many illusions out there. Yeah. So many red pills that need to be taken. Yeah, that's why I love your work, you know, Edward, because you 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 take more a comprehensive perspective on comp, you know understanding what because it's so many layers, it's so many tentacles, mm -hmm. and I think people really lack this knowledge and they, they need to get away from mainstream. And I know it sometimes it takes time, you know, but but uh, the information is out there, and I think people should should use it, you know, and support mm -hmm. support uh, organizations and you know uh, uh, content creators like yourself yes well we do we do need to share the information and we have to come together and we have to work together it's not just sharing information we need boots on the ground and we need to take back take back our systems on the ground you know one little local community after the other that's yeah. how, that's where yeah. it starts. that's the only way we can we can really have a effective impact like cooperation net real network effect and real like collaboration and and complementary expertise coming together you know and yeah yeah and and that's why they want us locked up that they don't want us face to face yeah they want us to talking to each other like we're talking Mass, this is, yeah this this is good by the way but uh -huh. nothing really happens here and t until you meet somebody shake their hand look into their eye and, and get a sense of who they are have a cup of coffee and meet them again tell a few jokes you know learn about their families and so forth then you you find out that here's a person I bond with I can work with and these are the kinds of, of, of relationships that build coalitions, political coalitions. This is what we need. So we've got to get out of our houses and go, and go meet each other and, and get started. Let's yeah. get started. Yeah, we need action. Right. We need human action, as Austin economists say. Yeah. Well, 
um, Edward, thank you so much. It really been a huge pleasure. And uh, I, my listeners, viewers, I'm, I'm sure we've learned so much. And still, you know, we need to digest a lot of it. I mean, well, if, if we didn't scare everybody away, I hope that's <laughs> no, the I case. Think it's <laughs> good to have sort of a. It, once once in a while, I think it's good to have a realistic assessment and face the reality, and then we can yeah. go into solutions. You know. Yeah. Right. Reality-based is the only way to go. So anyway, thank you for having me on, and uh, so and good luck to you. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. G. Edward Griffin is one of the very few investigative, you know, authors, researchers, uh, you know, brilliant thinker and educator on all kinds of fields, you know, but. You know, his book, The Creature of Jekyll Island, who, you know, probably most of you know, is like, uh, is one of the very few books that, and, and, and knowledge and comprehension, which, which really, um, you know, sent me down the rabbit hole of, you know, understanding or questioning, at least, you know, uh, the current, you know, <laughs> insane uh, central banking system and beyond. So this was a really fascinating conversation. Um, and yeah and just you know just listen and uh try to you know especially listen to the nuances um where you know it's really important that we that we talk about some topics which are let's say you know uh, usually ignored or not go not gone into depth uh when it comes to bitcoin and i think th this is why i think we need to work together we need to you know really communicate not just be in our eco chamber like reach as many diverse you know uh, thinkers like ethical people uh, like g edward, edward griffin who's done an amazing job you know like educating and and uh, transferring this knowledge about you know the uh, just you know the u.s federal uh, the so-called u.s federal reserve system uh, which is a total you know private entity or at least they give they want to give us they want to give it the appearance of as if it was you know sort of a, a governmental institution or you know like um this is how you know it's it's like the deception is right in our face and that's you know something i also talked about with g edward griffin he's an amazing thinker um, it was such an honor and pleasure you know to have him on because it's really more than beyond inspirational and uh, it connects the dots and it gives you something to think about and where we can, you know, not only as sovereign individuals, but also like together, you know, like really a free flow of, of whatever experience, um, knowledge, comprehension, strategy, and, you know, and like, what, what are we to expect? You know, I mean, I mean, the honeymoon phase is just over right now. So, yeah, hope you're going to listen to this whole, I'm going to do some snippets, maybe, you know, the, the most important or, you know, really enlightening uh, moments when he said something. So I'm going to put out those. Uh, so again, you know, you can watch it on Breeze, you can watch it, you know, on uh, on, on Anchor.fm and all kinds of podcasts or YouTube. But it would be great if you, you know, could all these educators out there, including myself, of course, you know, uh, like really support these people because we are at the edge of it. We are at the tipping point of a, of a huge, uh, unstoppable transformational evolution 
uh, and we have no other choice. There is no other choice. You come to that in very, very deep inside the rabbit hole. You come to the very enlightenment. This is more than just, you know, uh, whatever money and deflation and abundance and, and yes, and, and total decentralization. This is about total human, human, so social, technological, structural, systemic transformation. You know, we're talking about a lifestyle. We're talking about happiness for the first time. The pursuit of happiness is going to be like human right, which everybody just does, right? And you will pay less and less for unimaginable, you know, things, whatever that is, whether that be transportation or uh, anything, you know? I mean, we're talking about technologies which is just beyond our exponentially, uh, potentially thinkable, uh, you know, evolution. So this will go really, really fast. And as you, as you can see, this is, this is nothing. This is peanuts. This is peanuts. You just need a fraction, a fraction of a fraction of a Bitcoin actually. And the rest takes care of itself. Because once you have that critical moment, that critical juncture of whatever, I think uh, G. Edward Griffin talked about 15%. I said, hey, listen, I, three, five, whatever, maximum 10%, you know, of the earth's population is necessary just to adopt it, to use it, whatever, download a fucking, you know, mobile wallet, just, just, you know, there's tons of YouTube things and just give it to your friends and family. And they're just gonna, you know, eventually they will find what they, what they seek, you know, it's everybody has their moments. And I think we just cannot, we just can only plant the seed. And that's what I've done. What have you done, you know, with all this, but that's why the title, the orange together, together, the emphasis on the word together with the red pill with G Edward Griffin is amazing. The orange together with the red pill. All right. Um, have fun. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin Devani. Give it a like, give some kind of comment, subscribe, please, to YouTube, to Anchor, to all these podcast platforms. You can listen to podcast, The Index, you know, shout out to Adam Curry. This is really like amazing thing that just started to evolve, you know, like self-sovereign peer-to-peer compensation. I mean, you can, we're, we're talking not only like us, YouTube, you know, educators and Bitcoin, but we're talking about like, you know, people from who, who can create like hydrogen, you know, uh, hydrogen engines, you know, what if we don't need, what if we don't need to burn fuels for the first time, you know, you know, miserable human history. We have lost at least a hundred years of technology. This is the truth. You want to acknowledge it or not, but this is the truth. When you look at the reality, when you look at Boston Dynamics with their stupid, I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant here. But when you look at these, these cute robots now, they mounted them with machine guns. I mean, what's going to come next? Now they're sending out, I don't know what kind of country, Singapore for sure. I mean, they're sending out robot dogs to check if we have a fucking, I mean, this is like beyond dystopian fascism. I mean, what is this? Is this, I mean, is this real? I mean, this is against all Nuremberg trial. Uh, I mean, this is totally punishable. I mean, I'm to totally against the death penalty. I'm totally against the death penalty. But the but the people who are who are perpetual, who are responsible, who are intentionally, with it be conditionally uh, with uh, intention, even on a condition that means they're accepting the damages that could potentially, highly potentially, evolve at least long time. We don't know. 
And you know exactly what I'm talking about, you know? We don't know. We just don't, I mean, that for sure, at least you can question. What do we know? What do we know? <laughs> I mean, we never talk about, you know, whatever you're taking into yourself or injecting yourself with or whatever, or eating or, it's always, you know, risk minimization. That's why you probably, you would probably buy rather organic, biological, you know, you don't know what's inside all these non, you know, real nature regional products right so it's about you know uh, really balancing comprehending trading these are often trade-offs but it's at the end of the day it's really about understanding comprehending and really inspiring yourself with a new vision of human evolution and this is bitcoin you start with the root <laughs> that's the easiest and absolutely efficient and hardest and strongest strategy you know, I have next to me this this amazing thing from a girlfriend hanging. It's uh, made the Matrix, you know, and it's you know every time I look at it, especially after this episode today, it's 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 mind-boggling, you know. And when when you know as an absolute wise, you know, intelligent and and comprehensively holistically thinking human being, you know, and man like um, like G. Edward Griffin. I mean, you know, you start thinking, you start transfer, you start really uh, going into human action just by thinking, just by uh, spreading the word, just by sharing something, just by, uh, I mean, just being enlightened with this knowledge. It will just go exponentially by orders of magnitude. This is what we're talking about when we talk about, you know, as adoption, governments and so forth. It means we're going into an amazingly unexpected human evolution and it can go much 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 faster than you could probably ever ever imagine and that starts with the money now and within the next maximum 10 years we will have um, something that make you that will make you <laughs> laugh enjoy and with pleasure and abundance but also in tears maybe you know because you're crying because of joy and happiness, you know, you, you will not recognize this human civilization that has finally has had, you know, the permission <laughs> to permit itself, you know, for the first time permitting yourself uh, to, you know, to forgive yourself, to say, you know, we have deserved something better. It's okay, you know, it's really okay. It's okay if you're not working 40, 80, whatever hours per week, and uh, it's okay. It's really okay if we can choose uh, something to work on, which, we, which is our passion, our joy, our mission. Whatever that is, it can be art, it can be research, it can be science, technology, it can be love, it can be whatever. It can be, you know, uh, uh, science, real science, you know, questioning everything, you know. The creation of matter. Or as you, you know, some mainstream scientists want to call it also, you know, there's anti-matter anti and, and, and gravity and anti-gravity and fields and electromagnetic fields and magnetic fields and gravitational fields. And, you know, what, what is it, you know, what is, what is an electron? What is digital? It's definitely non-physical. And when you can, you know, internalize, you know, 12 or 20 words. I mean, how many billions of people do they want to, you know, sort of um, extort or, or, you know, or, or, or try to ext ext extract it from? 
you know, millions, billions, finally, this is what we're talking about. And the more people there are, of course, the, 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 you know, the more, you know, just more joyful it is probably. And we don't need the masses. This is the point. We don't, as Alex Svetsky says, and I mentioned him in this episode with G. Edward Griffin, he's done an amazing job. You know, the first interview I've really, you know, was really amazing. You've got a, uh, on the Wake Up podcast called with Alex Svetsky. I'm going to you know, put this in the show notes. So listen to this, you know, you know, additionally to the red pilling together with the orange pill, but after red pilling, you know, and I think this is the process that doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to go, you can take it together. That's what I'm saying, you know, the orange together with the red pill. But I think a lot of us, like myself, you know, I was red pilled already before. So I was already questioned everything. I mean, I, I digged up all the internal documents of the back industry, uh, you know, in the open accessible, you know, archives in the United States. I went, made trips and talked to insider whistleblowers in the States. And, you know, it was a scientific, you know, PhD work, a thesis, you know, I didn't, I didn't have to dig something secretly. And it was all public accessible, but, you know, insider whistleblowers told me keywords, which I could then use to read research all these evidence for my, you know, uh, uh, thesis, you know, the, the, the liability or product liability of the cigarette corporation or the back industry. And I proved my point, right? With their own internal documents. And I think we need more memes. We need more memes, man, <laughs> gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen, we need more memes. You know, <laughs> it's so funny, you know, the most favorite, uh, you know, as I tweeted it out, you know, everywhere. It's like govern me harder, Daddy. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take a look at this. I mean, it's, it's, it's hilarious, you know. It's a favorite uh, meme of of Joe Rogan <laughs> at the moment, and it's you know it's totally right. You know, it's, it's like you, it's beyond like sarcastic and cynical and ironic, but yeah, with the mask and the you know QR code, and I don't want to spoil it. You know, it's like with the four shots, but I gotta just you know I just gotta describe this. Shit. I mean, it's so crazy. So this is a crazy world and, and, and it's okay. It's okay. You know, if you, uh, if you're, if you're questioning, you know, this whole thing, what's going on, you know, um, it's, it's really okay. I mean, as long as like, you know, we're not being censored. <laughs> I mean, just, just imagine we would be censored, uh, if we'd even, uh, you know, try to do a comedy, stand-up comedy out of this, you know, just talking about like, what's going on in the fucking world. And these last, you know, discussions, conversations with, uh, you know, um, what's his name? I'm sorry, uh, Neil Woodfine and heavily armed clown, uh, Bitcoin fixes global tyranny and corruption. Uh, no, the other one was a Bitcoin connection with heavily armed clown and Neil Woodfine. Anyway, listen to all these episodes. I think we are in a full in time, you know, moment of, of, of our human existence, of our mission, especially, you know, I'm not sure, you know, you know, I'm probably, a lot of people don't have children, and, you know, and but there's some, you know, I mean, yeah, I ha we have a daughter and we, we love her and we want to know, <laughs> we, we really wish her, especially after we're dead um, and, and detach ourselves from a physical, you know, realm um, and go, you know, and unite ourselves with, with our soul, with our essence, with our fields, whatever, electromagnetic fields or our consciousness, whatever you call it, okay? But when we're not here anymore, especially when I'm not here, I want to know, you know, uh, you know, women, mothers always <laughs> overlive their husbands and the men. So it's okay, you know, 
and they deserve it, I think, to be honest with you. But anyway, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a transition. It's just a transition of physical, um, you know, what do you call it? It's a, it's, a, it's a costume we have, you know, not a costume, but it's a carrier, right? It's, an, it's a carrier of a soul, of a heart, of a consciousness, of an ethos, right? Of a vision, of a wish, you know, for our children, for our loved ones, you know, for our beloved ones, for our, you know, desires and dreams and everything, our emotions, our feelings, our, our you know, fears even, uh, our, our understanding, com our comprehension process, you know, our arrogance and which I see, unfortunately, a lot of people, but also humility. I also see a lot of humility, like people like G. Edward Griffin, Jeff Booth, Greg Foss, you know, all these people, a lot of humility, you know, they talk, you know, they start opening up, they know their different facets and perspectives, you know, they're different uh, uh, orange and red peeling layers, right? I, I you know, and I really, I'm really gra in gratitude with, even for Nick Batu, who came on my show, it was an amazing. So as soon as he has some time, I want to talk to him about the Euro dollar system, which is a total mystery, which he, he said, I think in a Jimmy Song uh, interview, really fascinating, in, you know, I mean, you know, there's just 20 fu fucking four, 24 hours, you know, of, 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 you know, of time in a day, you know, and you got to take care of your kid and your, you know, of, of, of everything, of the kitchen, of cooking and, and, you know, and then the podcast and it just, just mind boggling. It's crazy what's going on right now, but it's a, you know, it's an exciting time. Come on, you know, ladies and gentlemen, let's just enjoy this ride. And, you know, we gotta be, we gotta sometimes do a check, uh, uh, you know, a, a checking reality together, you know, with other thinkers who come from different, you know, whether it be red pill, orange pill, blue pill, whatever that is, you know, purple pill, you know, but sometimes we need to, you know, zoom out and really like, you know, and then go into focus again and then zoom out again and, and really try to understand and communicate and educate and inspire one another. This amazing, fascinating, um, you know, uh, infinitely uh, multi-layered, uh, process of evolution and we are we are literally seeing it and the elephant is in the room you know I mean who's who's you know yeah this is it's crazy it's crazy and uh, but it's happening and you know your intention and what you do and you know the, your intention manifests into human action and that can be only peaceful and the only peaceful way I'm telling you is to be Bitcoin right? Is to live Bitcoin, is to know Bitcoin. You just need to know it. You just need to know it. Just understanding and knowing it and using it, you know, and knowing this, hey, this can be, I mean, this is, this is, this is our human evolution. All right. And it starts with the monetary, economical, of course, structural. Yeah. And then comes, you know, all these other, maybe even simultaneously, all the other social, technological, spiritual, even spiritual, yes, ethical, consciousness, you know, like really advancing to another, you know, level. I, I always think, you know, they talk about these aliens and extraterrestrials. What if, what if, let's say to a large portion, the probability is all these beings are just a future version of version. It was actually what also my girlfriend said to me, you know, uh, my beloved, you know, the mother of my, the, of my child, you know, the, my, 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 my dream woman, you know, it's, uh, it's, that's it. That's it. That's all what you need, uh, you know, in your life. It's this, you know, knowledge and comprehension and wisdom 
knowing you know this is this is your mission to to create to you know uh, forever uh, this process of evolution of peace and yes it's it's sometimes yeah it could have been historically also evolutionary you know genetically even whatever yes it could be part of human nature but you know we are at a different point now and, and i think and i feel it and i know it human brain the human brain the human consciousness the human evolution is now we are ready now we're prepared we're matured now you know not all of us okay and everybody is different okay i've i've evolved in a different degree and i know it but it just for some messages or content or um you know process of thinking of of the bigger picture of something more holistic more comprehensive and at the same time really concentratedly uh, uh, systemically decentralized but still together and I think this is what we need to emphasize it's not only the decentralized distributed absolutely uncontrollable unstoppable unconfiscatable absolutely hardest un incorruptible um, uh, who also said that incorruptible I think it was Jordan Jordan P Jordan Peterson Dr. Jordan Peterson you know, great guy, you know, but I think we can learn if we can bring all these people together in a documentary that I would uh, direct, but but it will be crowdfunded amongst others and co-financed by people who know their stuff, how to really transfer this knowledge in a, re in a really beautiful story, not a commercial, not an ad. It can be a trailer, of course, additionally, but what if we do a movie, a documentary that touches not only first the emotion the doors to your heart but to your consciousness and once you understand the logic the rational the facts the bigger picture the real purpose and intention of bitcoin then you can go into any field any layer any dimension of 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 yeah of of abundance of technological evolution, of prosperity, of freedom. I mean, I'm talking about real freedom and cliche like it may sound. This is peace, baby. This is peace. We're talking peace, baby, okay? The military, industrial, corporate, financial, psychopathic, sociopathic, central banking, fiat complex. Pharmaceutical, if I haven't mentioned it. Big, big, big pharma. I mean, if this is, if this is, you know, I mean, if people want this, these, these folks as their rulers, as their controllers, on bon appetit, no thank you. We are detaching ourselves from this system. We are the matrix. We are the transformation. We are the evolution. We are the manifestation of our thoughts, of our intentions of our energy, of our understanding, comprehension, logic, rational thinking, economics. <laughs> People are so horny on economics. Yeah, definitely. We're going to have finally, you know, rational, sound money, of course, what it's called, but they can't like describe it, transform it into a language that people do feel and understand. At the end of the day, that's why at the end of the day, the greed, because it's an emotion, E, energy in motion, and number go up, right? All these 
Wanky Manky, I'm sorry. I love you all, guys. I listen to most of your podcasts and I love it. You know it. But a lot of people, I talk to a lot of Bitcoiners now and they say the same thing behind closed curtains or doors. They say, Jesus Christ, all these philosophical, you know, masturbating, whatever. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, it's really beautiful. It's poetic. It's eloquent. It's philosophical. But this is not, you know, and yo, again, we're not here to reach the mass. This is not what the mass is about. But it's about like communicating more efficiently with the key players, with the decision makers. And it's not all black and white. That's why we have beautifully loved uh, and, and sacrificable or they're actually, I'm sorry, but they're sort of sacrificing their existence, their, their convenience. I mean, you know, Edward Snowden, I mean, what kind of life? I mean, yeah, he's, I'm, I'm totally happy for him. You know, he's his, his wife, you know, he's got his kid now. It's beautiful. I was so happy when he heard, when he heard that, you know, it's amazing, but Hey, you know, they're everywhere. They're just afraid too. They have fears, they have emotions, they have children, they have a dependency. Even people within the pharmaceutical, they want to come out. They want to, you know, talk to us. They want to help us. They want to, to, yeah, they love their own children, of course. They love their family. They love us as humanity. They can, yeah, maybe even, you know, a lot of these, you know, sociopathic politicians, maybe they came, they really went in with a, with a ideal, idealism, a lot of them, let's say, or many, who knows, whatever, I don't know. But then they change, they transform into something like a soul sucked, like they sell their soul. And you got to know, this is true. This is what we also talked about with Ernst Wolf and Professor Richard Werner talked about. And he was in that program by the World Economic Forum. And, and, and Professor Richard Werner, he said, you know, once he started asking questions, <laughs> critical questions, they kicked him out, okay, and uh, pro probably a few others, you know. They started to ask, like, illegitimate critical questions. <laughs> and probably, the, you know, Richard, I don't know why, you know, he got into this program. Maybe he wanted, maybe he thought he can change something from within. But that's a fallacy. You cannot change something. You got to create as, who was it? Buckminster Fuller, Fuller Buckminster, who said you need to create new structures. Or sometimes, but just may paraphrasing it. You need new, you know, new create systems, designs, you know, structures in order to make this old rotten system, I'm just paraphrasing again, you know, obsolete. So thank you again, G. Edward Griffin. I hope we're gonna have more discussions, panel discussions together with Jeff Booth, uh, Greg Foss, so many others, you know, like beautiful minds, beautiful hearts and souls. We need to come together, but let's do it in action. And yes, I would be the first one to, you know, promote your, your Red Pill University, Red, Red Pill Expo and all these other, you know, beautiful educative uh, tools you have, uh, which you can, you know, you to inspire. And I know, you know, you have, you're at least 90 years old. I know you just had your birthday again. I'm sorry, I forgot, happy birthday exposed and um, really we love you i love you and for what you're doing your heart your soul your dedication your ethos your you know your contribution your your uh, your heart your love you know i mean this is also about love like what do i love do i love my existence my own feelings emotions my consciousness my life my whatever my family my friends my my beloved humanity i mean this is about total humanity the total connection it's about the, this is why the cave and the money connection this is what i'm intending to do and i'm doing it 
And thank you again. You know, it's a huge honor and really heart pleasure to have, uh, you know, people, you know, like human beings like G. Edward Griffin on my show. You know, I'm really gra- grateful. Not only him, you know, it's like so many, uh, Jeff Booth and, uh, and, and they're all like in the space, Greg Foss and, and G.G. and all these people who bring in from nowhere, even partially, totally anonymously with no face, you know, like Gigi. And, you know, and if, you know, a lot of us Bitcoiners, we somehow regret it. I don't know. We, we see, I think Jack Mollis said that he said, if he could go back in time, you know, he wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't also, you know, go go into with, to public with my name and face and full name. And, it, you know, we're totally transparent. All right. And this is, I mean, we're talking about like, you know, the, the most fascinating human evolution in their own respective, you know, experience. And I wish Joe Rogan, come on, Joe Rogan, do this for, for your children. You do this for us. Do this for yourself. Do this for the joy of not about your show, not about, you know, entertainment and education. This is about, come on. If we talk about the monetary evolution, come on, Joe Rogan. You've got at least, come on, you're reaching like not tens, probably hundreds of millions of people around the world. You know, at least 10 million on YouTube. I don't know how many on podcasts, on other channels. And I mean, come on, we, we need people like you. And I know you've had people on and you really talk about Bitcoin, with it be Andres Antonopoulos or um, Jack Dorsey or, you know, why don't you invite, you know, real Bitcoin, like Jack, Jeff Booth or Greg Foss or Gigi. Maybe he'll come, you know, in the green mask or whatever. Like, a, he's gonna, it's gonna be fun. You know, the guy's gonna be, it's not gonna be able to breathe probably through this costume, but it's gonna be fun, you know? So, hey, uh, let's do this, all right? Um, okay, that was my rant for today. And um, we're gonna have more discussions like this. We gotta connect, we gotta connect. And we gotta, we gotta, um, I wanna make a film, man. I wanna make, I mean, you know, I tried my best to bring all these people together. I created a group, you know, we came together and then, you know, everybody wants their own to do their own project, not something like really strong, like something that has a pure, like exponential by orders of magnitude effect on people's perception, emotions. Like how do they, and, and again, we don't need the masses, but there's a critical mass we need, and that's the three, five or 10%. And I think the faster, we, there's, a, there's an, a timeless of an essence. Again, this is my last words for this, uh, you know, uh, pre, prelude. <laughs> so seriously, ladies and gentlemen, my friends, come on do something help me out you know whatever that is you know i'm not talking about like money like send somebody an email some send somebody a message share this you know give it give it on you know we can we can do this come on for the first time believe and trust in yourself in your children yourself in your family in your friends in humanity in the power of intention in the power of human action in the power of transformation, in the power of evolution. Come on. My name is Kevin Davani. Enjoy this episode with Mr. G. Edward Griffin. Thank you so much again. And thank you so much to my listeners and my viewers.